Hello, and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast, where every other Friday we take a deeper dive into the one-sentence reviews on shouldigoseeit.com. This week we'll be discussing the Marvels, the Holdovers, Thanksgiving, and Napoleon. I'm your host, Bill George. With me, as always, AJ Rebecki and super producer Craig Stanton. What's going what on, Bill? Up? Not much, AJ. What's going on with you? Uh, get ready for uh, getting ready for the holidays. Uh, when you're listening to this podcast, you will be full of turkey and sick of your family. So hopefully, this is a nice break from the tradition of gobbling and hobbling and doing all the things you do with turkeys. Are you a big uh, Thanksgiving fan? Nah, if it was, uh, if turkey was that good, we'd have it more than twice a year. Yep, I'm right there fry with you. That shit. I think oh, I think we're doing a fry shit. this year. Oh, I put together my fryer, my cheap Amazon fryer that hopefully won't burn down my neighborhood. Uh, Jesus Christ. You just got to check for water displacement ahead of time. Just be careful. Yeah, turkey's been, turkey's been brining since last Good night. Good for you. Out Good for you. In the fridge. It is very much not frozen, which is the way that everybody always turns their Thanksgiving into a fucking... Yeah, good crisis. point. Can't be frozen. Uh, <laughs> so I think we're in good shape. Got to watch out for the display. Did you uh, uh, put a little soapy water on the uh, on the gas line to make sure there's no leaks? Uh, tell you what. Oh, sure have that's it. I haven't heard that one. Pro tip. Yeah, it's pro tip. Love that. To see if it bubbles? Yeah, see if it, bu- it bubbles. That way you know there's a gas leak. Oh, so yeah, once, once it's connected, connected, you turn it on, you... Sp- because right now it's just you spray it, the and then if there's a little leak before you fire it up, then you know there's a there's a little leak there. All right, there's Listen, your this is sponsored by DiMatteo <laughs> Heating and Plumbing. For all of your heating and plumbing needs, contact Rudy and Ennio DiMatteo out of Framingham, Massachusetts. Fun fact about plumbing: you've done Tell it. You what I've done? I've it. done it. Oh my goodness! I broke my shower the day after I moved into my new house. <laughs> Fucked it right up. Oh boy! Um, if you I saw a thing online that Friday is called Brown Friday instead of Black Friday because it's the most uh, the the day when plumbers are most called in the United States. For, yes, I have heard that as well for congested uh, <laughs> for plumbing related. Well, and like people pouring grease down the drains. Oh, yep, that's true. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yep, big grease holiday. Get your grease taken care of. All right, Bill. Uh, anything you watched in the last few weeks? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, I finally got around to Weird, the Al Yankovic story, which was that Roku original with Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al in his biopic. Do you not what? know about this one, Craig? Uh, so I it was it was a Roku. I apologize for interjecting. That was just a crazy string of <laughs> it words. It was a Roku original, right and it was only available there for a long time. But it finally hit on iTunes, so I grabbed it because uh, I'm a big Weird Al fan, have been my whole life. And it's funny because it's his biopic, but it's not because, you know, he's the master of parodies. And so the biopic is also a parody of biopics. So it does cover some of the same ground as Dewey Cox in the sense that it's a music biopic parody. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe's really good. Wait, Dewey Cox was the faux yeah. Johnny Cash, yeah, Walk the, the Line. John C. Riley. What that reference yeah. was. And so they yeah, both yeah. kind of okay, skewer the sure same, a lot of the same main points. Uh, but it's funny. So they use some true elements of Weird Al's history and they kind of throw it in a different way. Evan Rachel Wood plays Madonna. She's fantastic and made me want a Madonna movie immediately. Um, by the end, it gets a little out of control. I don't know. I didn't love it as much as I was hoping I would, but it was still pretty enjoyable. How's it rate against Dewey Cox? Um, Dewey Cox is really fucking funny. Can we call it Walk the Line? The movie is called Walk, walk, no, hard. walk hard. The Dewey walk Cox hard. story. I'm sorry. I'm conflating it with the actual <laughs> walk Johnny line. Cash biopic. Walk, it's walk not. Yeah, it didn't uh, hit those heights quite. But it's, again, for a Weird Al aficionado, it's fun. Okay. And then I also got to see Saving Private Ryan in theaters for a re-release for an anniversary. Well, happy Veterans Day. Uh, that was fantastic. I mean, seeing it in the... Th- I mean, it's an all-timer. It's it's a first ballot Hall of Fame movie. So seeing it in the theater with the explosions and all that stuff uh, was really tremendous. So fantastic. 
and I st- still got emotional multiple times, uh, even though I've seen the movie a zillion times. Uh, it was great. It was just great to experience in the theater. And then the last thing I saw was I went back and I got to see the rest of Taylor Swift's Eras Tour film. Wow. So you know how we had seen it. Explain sure. Explain how this came So to first, be. if you hadn't listened to the last episode, AJ and I tried to go see it. We ended up leaving after about 45 minutes because of the chaos that ensued. Uh, and I wanted to go see the rest of it because from what we saw, I thought it was very good. 45 is kind of generous, but okay. So I had a ticket to see uh, a different movie called Anatomy of a Fall. It's a smaller movie, in a uh, foreign movie that was subtitled. And I noticed that it was in Auditorium 1 of a particular theater. Uh, and I know for a fact, every time I've seen a movie in Auditorium 1, the focus is soft. And I've told management, and they won't fix it. Wait, what theater? Why are we protecting the theater? Put Fine, them on AMC blast. Burlington. If anyone knows anybody there, figure it out. Drag them. You're Drag a, them. You're a, diamond, uh, you're a Diamond Stubbs member. I'm an A-list. I am an A-list member. Which entitles him to any future sponsorship we have with AMC is now just yeah it's going out the window. But the point is, I was like, I'm not going to sit because usually those movies in that theater during the movie you don't really notice that much. But anytime there's text on screen, you obviously can see because it's not sharp. And this entire movie was going to be subtitled. I'm like, I'm not going to put myself through that. So I I returned that ticket, but I was already at the theater. And then I look, and there was a Taylor Swift show in 15 minutes with zero tickets sold. And I was like, that's the one. So I got in there and I have my own little concert for two and a half hours, whatever it was. Uh, And it was great. It was really good. It was the opposite of the experience that we had because I could actually watch it, study the execution, listen to the performance. uh, And it was really, really good. A couple notes on it that I had had jotted down here. Uh, first of all, if aliens saw this, they would think that she was the leader of the planet based on <laughs> this. And, and honestly, they, at this point, they'd basically be right. Okay. Um, and they did such a good job technically, especially with things like hiding the cameras, like between the positioning, the zooms, the editing, like I went back and I watched, this is how much of a life I don't have. I went back and I watched the Reputation Stadium Tour movie that she did on Netflix. Because I remember that being really good. And then I saw this and I thought about how great this was. And I was like, how much better is it really? And I went back to like, see. And there's a substantial improvement. Like that feels like just a video cameras happen to be at a concert. Versus this feels much more intimate, like you're there. And it's got its own vibe to it. You're closer to the action. and. You don't see, like, there's stuff that I'm sitting there going, like, this has to be a steady cam with a guy on the stage, and then he jumps off. And normally when they cut to the wide shot, you see that happening, and then you realize that it's not a steady cam. Like, the, like the work that they did with the cameras around the stage, they used the sky cam that the stadium already had built in. Like, super impressive. Anyway, from a technical standpoint, it's a marvel. But it's, it's great. It was really, really good. Uh, I would have cut it down, personally, because I think if you want to download it, as like an unabridged movie to watch at home. That's great. But the theater experience should have been two hours. Like they could have trimmed it dramatically. Well, I think those are you, two different things you got to, you got to realize too, when it, when it, when it probably goes to download on iTunes, I assume that there'll be chapters with individual songs. So you could like go in and click, right. You jump around song you want to listen to, which that's how I would do it. Um, you're probably somewhat blacklisted or on some list somewhere for like some sort of stalker thing right now, you think, right? I mean, people have gotten more for less. <laughs> what? I can't go to a movie? Ah, just kind of weird. Uh, I feel like in this universe of ta- of Swift fans, two, two times in Taylor Swift? Not even nothing. on the radar. Nothing. Yeah, but you got to look at the demo you got to look at the demographic. Oh, I mean, he's, you know, he's on some lists for sure, but I just yeah. don't think yeah. this is one. Of them. I thought it was great. Again, I would have made a theatrical cut. I would have cut Nevermore if I want to get specific. I mean, that album, nothing. nothing. Whoa. Wait, you just hate French nothing, braids? Nothing jumped out at me about that album when I first when I first listened to it. And then I'm like, oh, maybe seeing it in this format, one of these songs will jump out at I'm me. I'm not a Swifty per se, but the album is actually Evermore and not Nevermore. 
See, that's how forgettable it was. And second, like that's a that's a quintessential fall album. Like when I think of that, fall, no, I think not. of like no, it is. You're in like not. Evermore, Lumineers season right now. Name one song off that album. Evermore, Coney Island, Nobody, No Crime, Willow. You're looking at a list. I swear to God, count. it's my only <laughs> Taylor Swift album that I like bought the day that it came out because what? It's like a good folk album. Oh, I didn't see. No I don't dig that album. I don't dig that album. What was the one you yeah, just said? No, no, woman, no, uh, <laughs> no body, no crime with the girl from the women with from Heim. Whatever. I would cut that. I would cut the acoustic set, and I would cut the ten minute version of of whatever that song is. Oh, how dare you! Never cut the ten minute version of All Too Well. You fucking piece of shit. I would cut the acoustic set from every show. No. No, 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 those no, should no, be no, special. No, no, no. no, those should be special things for the people at the show or for the extended version at home. When you want a tight two-hour theatrical cut, lose them. And also, from every concert movie ever, I would cut every crowd shot because whenever they t- get tight in someone's face in the crowd and they're crying, it's just such a distraction, and I hate it. The and they you, took, you, a, you took a video <laughs> of it. What what song was that? Was that during Champagne Problems where she like is setting the table and like. Yeah, it gets a little artsy. It gets a little like kind of kind of full of itself in some segments, um, no doubt. So yeah, it's a little video of myself reacting to that. You sure did. Okay, wow. But anyway, it was great. It was great. I will definitely watch it again when it comes out digitally. Put it that way. I will say I think America had a similar experience to watching a three-hour Taylor Swift video when we all watched uh, the Philadelphia Eagles play the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football earlier this week. Thank God T. Swift was not in the stadium for that because it was insufferable already. Would it have been doubly, triply, perhaps <laughs> exponentially uh, more insufferable if she was um, in the house. Bill, I'm going to tell you, I haven't watched much the last few weeks. I did watch the new Paw Patrol movie with Sweet Baby James. Oh, how did he like it and how did you like it? Love glued. Like fucking glued to really? TV. Yeah, he loves Paw Patrol. Big Paw Patrol kid. Chase is on the case. Um it was fine. You know, the Paw Patrol, a meteor comes down, there's crystals, they find the crystals and they become the super paws or super patrol, and they all have super like superhero par- like powers because of it. It's like a Power Rangers type situation. Nice. Thank you. Power. Power Rangers. Papa Rangers. <laughs> Feels weird yeah. in my mouth. It was good. <laughs> like, it was fine. You know, the... <laughs> yeah, it's hard. There was a couple uh, really funny parts, but, you know, it's a good movie. It was fine. Should I have seen it after I saw Saw? Should I have done the Saw Patrol? You should have, yeah. Plan? To yeah. really... Well, speaking of lists that you're probably on, you're probably on <laughs> that some been, FBI yeah, that watch list for whatever you... Watch for horror. All oh right, uh, Craig, All right. what about you? Anything? Nothing? Dude, nothing. Been traveling a lot. Uh, almost did some playing movies. Didn't. Psychopath. Just sat, just sat stared oh. at the chair behind, uh, in front of you. Heek. <laughs> I was listening to, I was listening yeah. to music, but, uh, you know. Um, yeah, right. no, I got nothing. Sorry, boys. Okay. Well, what's in the news, AJ? Uh, just as we wrapped the last episode of the podcast, the SAG after a strike has ended. Mm, hurrah. Claps. Snaps. Actors are back to work after negotiating for such contract improvements, such as higher minimum wages, streaming bonuses, limits on AI, relocation bonuses, and more. Bill, now that Hollywood is back on track, of well, for at least the next three years, what are your thoughts on the deal, and what delayed projects are you most looking forward to? Uh, the deal sounds good. Everyone seems pretty excited about it. It's a good deal. I'm looking at some of the more specific notes. There's a 7% wage increase this year and then 4% and then 3.5% over the next three years. Um, So that's always Mm. good. The streaming bonuses one is the kind of one that's most interesting to me because there's now what they're calling a success payment. So you get your usual residuals, but if you're part of Stranger Things or Squid Game or something that blows up, uh, that gets a significant number of viewers, you can get a success payment and they determine that by the following formula. Ooh, it's the, big the total guy. number of domestic streaming hours over the first 90 exhibition days divided by the runtime. De- that gives you a number called domestic views. And then you calculate domestic views by the total of domestic subscribers. And if the result is at least 0.2, a bonus is paid. 
So there's that, and then the, and then the uh, the high budget on higher budget streaming productions, they're going to be required to disclose the number of hours that the content was streamed in the U.S. and Canada each quarter, and that. So that's the more transparency in viewership stats, but still not complete transparency. Uh, so at least they can try to help figure out those bonuses. So that all that stuff's kind of interesting. Well, and a massive and, and a massive fuck you to our friends in the European yeah, I don't know. Union. This is just for Canada. I mean, they have their own guild, I would think, with their own contracts to deal with. Mm. Yeah, it's also like it sounds complicated, but I'm no expert. But this is basically how residuals work. You do some formulas and you figure out the money and you scrape off a little bit for this person, that person, right, the other right. person, yada yada. Yeah, no, it, it looks good, and I am. The things I'm most excited for are things like mostly TV, actually, uh, House of the Dragon and Last of Us Part Two. Like hearing that those shows are back on track was very exciting. Um, and then for movies, the next Mission Impossible, I know they paused on, and that's supposed to be a part two of Dead Reckoning Part One. And that was supposed to be a pretty close, since it's part one, part two, they're going to do the thing where the sequel comes out pretty soon after, but then it got pushed. So that sucks. Uh, but at least they're back on track to still now we're kind of can see the end of the, the tunnel on that one. So does it bother you that Dead Reckoning Part Two is no longer called Part Two? Yeah, that's strange to me, too. They did announce they're going to rebrand it or rename it. I don't think they released what the name will be, but they said it won't be Dead Reckoning Part Two, which is weird when you have a movie that in the the, the content of the movie, there's a title screen that says Dead Reckoning Part One. I, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, it's my favorite franchise. I trust them. So they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Yep. Me. Sure. Uh, All right. AJ, news item for you. After AMC's most recent earnings call, CEO Adam Aaron said, quote, the phone has been ringing off the hook since we announced the Eras Tour release. A significant number of the world's best artists would like to explore doing things with AMC, end quote. Yeah. He also talked about AMC getting into live sports. AJ, what musical artist would you want to see partner with AMC? And would you ever watch live sports at a movie theater? Uh, I'm going to pass on both. All right. So should I answer my thoughts on it? or? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, after we saw the Taylor Swift thing, I I don't want to go to another concert in a theater like... Unless it's like the Dead and Company or someone that like I don't have to hear someone screaming for three hours. I mean, I'd rather just go to the go to the concert. Nobody, I'm good. Into the sports thing, I've watched the Super Bowl two times in Vegas at the Win Movie Theater for private showing of the Super Bowl. I've done that twice, and it is. Fucking horrible. Uh-huh. Well, I don't want to say really? horrible. It does seem to be a bit of a worst of both worlds situation. You are very much not at the game, but you are in a big crowd. And I mean, not a big crowd like 60,000 people, but, a, you know. No. You're, you're away. You know, there's you're, people you're in not, you know, opposite fans just screaming, yelling, Oh, yeah. I mean, there's people that are like, you know, you you stand up and cheer and they were like, fuck you, buddy. Your team sucks. And then like, you know, it's just a whole it's a bad juju. Granted, it was Vegas. So like you could go to the lobby and like live bet right there when you wanted to, (laughs) which is kind of cool. And they had like full concessions and food and stuff like that. But like it's just I'm either at the game or I'm at the. Also, yeah, watching yeah, watching a watching the Super Bowl in Vegas is a lot different than watching like a Bruins playoff game in like a movie theater in Methuen or something like that. Like, but like, I'm, what other sports? Like, what other big spectacles would be on a movie theater screen besides the Super Bowl and maybe what like the seventh game seven NBA Finals stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, they UFC. I think they've done that too. Would be kind of cool, but like, well, they've. They've uh, they've already done, I believe, like fathom events for pay per view boxing. I think is what I've seen them do before. That I that I can get behind. But like, am I going to go there and sit and watch a four hour football game? No, I can barely get through a football game on my own couch. Like, I got to be up and around and doing stuff. I can't just sit. I also have a thing where the bigger the game is, the less people. Yeah, I be yeah. Well, if, 
The, the higher the stakes, the more I just want to be in a closet, like biting my <laughs> if, nails. Yeah, if our team's in it, 100%, you got to be able to lock in. Well, t- those days are over. Bro. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, for football. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I can see the appeal and I, I can see that they're trying to get the money from it. But after T-Swift and like I said, watching the Super Bowl in a movie theater multiple times, it's just not, it's just not fun for me. It's not. It's not for me. How about you? Anybody you want to see? I mean, selfishly, I would go to like if if one of my favorite bands ended up with a concert thing, I would go see it. Uh, I think the bands that I like that would be the closest to like nobody's going to do T Swift money, obviously, and nobody would be able to sustain a big run like T Swift. But if they did like a two day only Fathom event where like the Killers concert was on there or Florence and the Machine, like yeah, sure, I'd check it out. Um, but that, but that's basically it. And then for sports, yeah, I'm. I think I'm off on sports as well. Yeah. Ugh. Yuck. I just, I like the comforts of home for sports. Comforts of home. Or being at your, at your home field for a game. Yeah. Or being in my, in my Celtic seats for sure. Yeah. Uh, Bill, this week we'll be talking about four movies. The first one up is The Marvels. According to IMDb.com, Carol Danvers gets her powers entangled with those of Kamala Khan and Monica Rambeau, forcing them to work together to save the universe. Bill, should I go see it? Yes, I gave this a yes. Now, possibly I enjoyed it more due to low expectations because everyone was like pre-shitting on this movie. Uh, But I did enjoy it quite a bit. And I think... What makes the movie work is its self-awareness. Unlike other Marvel projects, this picks a tone and sticks with it. And that tone is like goofy and fun. And it delivers on that. And I think the first half in particular is like a blast. There's a lot of humor. Uh, It's very funny. The body switching stuff, which you might have seen in the trailer when they use their powers, they switch places. It's funny and it adds a unique element to the action choreography that we don't see in other projects. So, so I was like, oh, I was along for the ride. I was enjoying it. Um, I will say the second half, it slows down. The mood gets dragged down a little bit. There's an underwritten villain in it. And of course, the, the, the real hard part to swallow is that the end of the movie, the third act becomes your standard. The universe is going to be destroyed. We have to close this wormhole. There's a MacGuffin they have to chase. Like That's where it gets into the same old, same old which was a bummer because the rest of the movie felt so fresh, but it's also only an hour and 45 minutes. So like, it's much more palatable for that reason. Is the villain an actual villain or is it like the patriarchy? No, there's a, there's an actual, okay. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just asking questions. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> no, there is an actual uh, okay. villain as well. All right, Bill, I have not watched Miss Marvel. I don't remember what happened in the first uh, Brie Larson movie. What homework do I need to do or would need to do to watch this and be somewhat coherent on what's happening? I think the main, the, the main thing I guess you would have to have seen would be the first Captain Marvel, which presumably if you're going to see this, this is a sequel to that. So presumably you would have done that. Uh, I also did not watch Ms. Marvel. I also did not watch Secret Invasion. And it didn't really matter. Uh, unlike Loki... This movie has exposition that keeps the audience up to speed. And the storytelling is pretty straightforward, which was actually also refreshing. So, yeah, I I don't think you have to do a ton of heavy lifting. But there is definitely a follow-up on, like, this this, this Skrulls versus the Scree or whatever they're called, which comes from that first Captain Marvel movie. So, not a ton of homework, but but there's obviously some connective tissue. And it has... Go ahead. I was going to say, what's the deal with how this fits into the next phase of Marvel, which we know is not going well? So there, there isn't a ton of direct connection made in the movie that I could notice. I mean, obviously, they could always play with stuff later. But it did have a banger mid credit scene that, te- that teases some stuff up. Banger so, alert. Uh, there's no post credit scene, weirdly. But there's a mid credit scene. This is the, the first or second time ever, I think. They haven't done a post-post credits. But anyway, the, but the mid-credits scene does tee up some future stuff for the MCU and is actually really good. So that was kind of exciting. And it's a banger, certified banger. Uh, yep, 100%. Okay, Bill. But yeah, uh, better than I expected. It was enjoyable. 
Second film is The Holdovers. According to IMDb.com, a cranky history teacher at a remote prep school is forced to remain on campus over the holidays with a troubled student who has no place to go. Bill, should I go see it? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I can't believe you went without me. I'm sorry. So this is directed by Alexander Payne, who did About Schmidt, Sideways, The Descendants, and Downsizing. Uh, which, with the exception of downsizing, are all fantastic films. And he re-teams up with Paul Giamatti. And this is a dramedy, like you said, about a teacher at a boarding school in New England. So that was nice. And over the course of the film, Paul Giamatti bonds with the rambunctious kid that is left behind, and as well as the cafeteria manager that also stays behind to make the meals for them. And, you know, Alexander Payne is so good at creating a sense of like time and place that you just get lost in it. Like the music selection is great. He lets all the establishing shots really breathe. There's a lot of ambiance. I know you're a big ambiance guy. Huge. There's like some film grain because it definitely feels like a 70s type of movie. And oh, Bill, you're oh my God, what are you talking? <laughs> when you are watching this movie, you are like in it. The rest of the world fades away for two hours. You're just with these people and they feel like real people. Except for when someone opens the door to the theater and you can hear Taylor Swift walking through the <laughs> corridors. Yeah, cruel summer. The performances are obviously top-notch. Jim Adi, one of our finest actors, and it's one of his best roles. Um, he get, is he going to get a nod for this? I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if it's flashy enough to get the attention of the Academy, but I would not be surprised. I think, like, I think it, Golden Globe, since they have a comedy category, if they push for this to be in that category, then Absolutely. If it's down to just actors and Academy Awards, I'm not sure. But it's just one of those movies where everything works. Like, every decision is the right one. It was fantastic. All right, I'm going to watch it when it comes out on iTunes. My only question I had was, I've clearly watched the trailers. Comedy? Drama? What's the fine line of, is it a full dramedy? Is it comedy with a little bit of drama mixed in? Like, what's the balance between the two? I would say it 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 slowly morphs over the course of the movie. Like I would say the first half is much more comedy. Like it is absolutely hilarious. And the back half you get into the more drama, emotional core, which still works equally well, but it, there's a few less sort of out loud gags when you get into the the second half. Um but just like Payne's other movies, it's it's a slice of life. Like he tells grounded real stories basically better than anybody and nobody is making these types of movies right now so yeah i can't recommend it highly enough it's gonna end up in my top list for the year for sure i love it all right bill our next film thanksgiving yep according to imdb.com after a black friday riot ends in a tragedy a mysterious thanksgiving inspired killer terrorizes plymouth the birthplace of the infamous holiday bill should I go see it? Yes, actually, yes. I didn't realize it took place in Plymouth, Mass. But Nick, yeah, oh, that's that my first line. That's my first line. I can't start talking about this movie without addressing how local it is to us because like, it takes place in like, Plymouth. Like really local. They talk about their rival Hanover. There's a Papa Gino's joke. Uh, at one point, someone tells someone to go back to Methuen, you dork. Two Methuen references. On two Methuen. I mean, when you said Methuen, I was like, "Oh my god, that's wild that you picked that." Because they did too in the movie. So it sounds uh, pretty. It sounds pretty New England. Oh, big time, big time. Like, is it like, uh, oh, is that the packy? And like, I, you know, I was surprised when, like, you know, a- I got fucking killed by a guy <laughs> with a with a uh, on his hat. I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a donkeys reference. But no, it's it's it is legit. Like there are. Luckily, the accents are all pretty good, um, including like special shout out to Patrick Dempsey, who uh, plays like the lead. He's got the best accent of the bunch. So I looked it up later and he's from Maine. So they, like that kind of checks oh, out. OK, so he knows what he's doing. And the other folks, there's a cup like they're all pretty legit. Like some of they're over the top, but like those people do exist. Like they're like it's not like Martin Sheen in The Departed where it's like, what are we even doing here? It's they're all pretty real. I feel like I need to. Re- I should have reread the intro the reread the synopsis 
with the accent. That's what I was going to do when we got to the the plot. After a Black Friday riot (laughs) ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth. The birthplace of the infamous holiday. Uh, we're veering you into sound like Peter, Peter Griffin, Griffin territory. Yeah. <laughs> Do I? No. So the movie you were headed that way. The movie starts at the right mat in Plymouth, <laughs> over by the park off 128. Okay. And it's a it's a mob scene for Black Friday, <laughs> and it just becomes a stampede. A couple, two, three people fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, anyway, then, then the movie jumps to a year later and someone's getting revenge on the people that they blame for the chaos of that Black Friday event. Is the fucking dry, the guy dressed up like a fucking pilgrim? Yes. Yep. And he's killing them with like Thanksgiving based weapons and shit like that. But this, he's a fucking Puritan. Yeah. A fucking Quaker. Quaker. John Carver. (laughs) That's his name. Yeah. John Carver. So shit. But the movie, it knows exactly what it is. It's a fun, over-the-top, gory slasher, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And it's all about, like, the creativity of the kills. Like, that is what makes it so fun. Uh, it's an hour and 47 minutes. It's well-paced. Uh, it, it Don't expect it to be scary, per se. It's much more slasher than it is thriller. But it's good. And it's, like, so good that... The story and the cast are good. Are so good that I got involved in their story. I wasn't. Some of these movies are kind of just sitting there waiting for the next kill sequence, and like everything else is just filler. This actually felt like an actual movie, and I was invested in it throughout. Uh, so yeah, it was it was really enjoyable. I I really enjoyed it. For those who don't know, uh, this film. So when Grindhouse came out in 2007, it was two films. It was Planet Terror and Death Proof. And in between the film, there was basically a mock trailer for this Thanksgiving slasher movie that happened in between them. And I guess there was so much, I guess, fanfare and people that were like, holy shit, he should do this. That he was like, you know what? Eli Roth was like, I'll double down and... I can I can turn this into a a feature length film, which is crazy. Yes, yeah. So Eli Roth did that fake trailer, and I think one of the other fake trailers was one of the Machete movies that also got made. I feel like all those fake trailers ended up becoming real. But yeah, Eli Roth took that concept of the fake trailer that he created for Grindhouse and turned it into an actual movie, and it worked. It's it's a wild story. Wild, crazy. Highly recommend. Okay. Uh, our last film uh, tonight will be uh, Napoleon, according to IMDb.com. It's a very long synopsis. <laughs> it is an epic that details the rise and fall of French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte. Bill, should I go see it? Yes, you should. And in fact, boys, eh. in fact, you know, as you know, I've been very excited for this movie. Uh is this I, a prequel to Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> Funny. Uh, so I have a surprise for you guys. I know how much you loved the Napoleon hoodie. So loved I, loved have, I have something else that uh, I want to share with you. Did you buy his fucking hat? <laughs> you bought the hat, didn't you? Uh, this is... Uh, okay, Bill's leaning slightly off screen to his right. <laughs> This is a uh, addition to the home called BG Crossing the Alps. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> what the ever loving for those who don't who, who, for those who don't yeah, oh yeah stop my fucking god. Bill. This is basically the equivalent of when Tony Soprano got uh, himself painted into yeah the with fo- into the picture, yeah. <laughs> Where did you what get are we that? Doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you'd like it. Uh, yeah, BG crossing the Alps. This is, um, I think it's from TurnMeRoyal.com, and uh, I'll send you the I send you the high res digital so you have that. Oh as yeah, well. I'm gonna put it as a background on my phone. When when did you? When did you turn into like this person who just buys what's in the Facebook ads? I feel Have like you, this happened I'm sorry. in the last <laughs> I'm sorry. Month. Have you never yeah. met him? 
I guess I must have missed it. I feel, or, 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 or maybe you've just been on one recently, but he is the king <laughs> of snap purchases. That rowing machine behind him, I was. He was like, I think I want to get into rowing. I was like, Well, you got to get a concept too. And then it was like ten minutes later, he sent me the the order, <laughs> order, the order confirmation. He's like, It's going to be delivered Friday. And I was like, You just spent twelve hundred dollars like that. That, but the, uh, now he's buying the type of stuff that's like a T-shirt in your in your side banner on a website that says "Don't mess with me, I'm a Scorpio" or some bullshit like that. No, this so this like that's the kind of that's the kind of level that we fall into here. No, first of all, fall into this is this is incredible. I have this hung up downstairs. I took it off the wall to show you guys. This is hanging up in my you house. You are basically you are my mother-in-law. She buys my son shirts like that all the time craig where it's like he's got one now it's like i love big trucks and i cannot lie and there's there like go. excavators <laughs> and fucking shovel dozers this is ki- no this is not the same this is commissioned artwork okay and it- it's not commissioned <laughs> it is not commissioned someone did a high res of that oil painting and basically superimposed your fucking head on napoleon's face that's not fine art no, this is so much better. And it no, this is this Are you telling me you don't think this is great? This is great. Just say can it's I, great. Can I ask you two questions? By all, by all means. First question, are you ill? <laughs> no. Physically? Mentally. No. Second, how, how much did it cost? The, I, we don't need to get into numbers just on this how, show. Just, I think Yeah, we just need tell to. me how much I think how much did to. it run you? 100 bucks. Oh, that's too much. That's way too no! much. No, best hundred bucks I ever spent. I was gonna say, is it is it is it double digit or triple? It's <laughs> look. Here's it doesn't a matter if it if it doesn't. Where are you gonna put? Where are you, where are you going American to dollars. put that? It it's it's down in the mud room when you come right through the door. I'll send you a picture of where it is. Oh, like where you would tie up your horse. That makes sense, actually. It. It's it brings me joy, and that you can't put a price on it. And I thought you guys would get a kick out of it, and that alone, your reactions are worth it. I'm glad you think so. Instagram followers, uh, buckle up. Yeah, no, I'm now that you guys have seen it, I'm posting it on my personal account as well for sure. All right, shall we discuss the film? How was it? How was a dumb? How was a dumb fucking movie? <laughs> the movie was great, dude. Uh, it follows Napoleon's rise and fall from soldier to emperor to exile. Uh, it does a lot of time jumping and obviously it has to truncate a lot of things as you would expect, but it does it in a, in a smart way. Not a minute is wasted. Like the pacing is great. Uh, now having read the biography ahead of time definitely helped fill the gaps because it gave me the connective tissue that the movie doesn't have time to, to spend time on. Uh, but even if you haven't researched the subject, like it's still entertaining and it's a great period drama and there's also a lot of levity to it so Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix they play the hubris and the egotism uh, of Napoleon for a lot of laughs and that it helps humanize him and it's a really interesting complex portrayal it's like not a total hit piece or teardown but it's also not a lionization by any means like it's a it's an interesting balance and then of course you have the battles which were fucking spectacular Ridley Scott brings all of his experience to bear. It's maybe his best work in that regard. Uh, Like the Battle of Austerlitz and Waterloo are just breathtaking in scope and execution. Like fucking great. Um, And one other thing I noticed that I loved for attention to detail, Scott will frame up certain hero shots that look like famous paintings of Napoleon. Like there's a famous painting of Napoleon looking at the Sphinx during his Egyptian campaign. And Scott basically recreates that as a frame in the movie and holds it. And then during his coronation, uh, he shoots the coronation from the same, same angle and distance and perspective as the most famous coronation painting. And he holds that. So like really cool stuff. All the performances are great. Obviously Phoenix is magnetic. I mean, he's one of the best actors of this generation. It's great. I loved it. It's fantastic. Is he going to get the Academy Award? I uh, nominated probably. I don't know about win, but nominated, I would say. Does he do the whole thing like on his knees? No. And the Napoleon being short thing is was is a, is a myth. Greg, anyway, that's... I can see the wheels. He wasn't he's got short? Aver- no, nah, he's average height. That was a slanderous thing that they spread about him later on. That's what small people say to make themselves feel better. What was his... Like, yeah, what's the tale of the tape? I think, he, I think he was like... In real life, I think he was like <laughs> five six, five seven. He wasn't short, short. 
Five six is short for an emperor, Bill. You got to be able to touch the net at least. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. (laughs) Then I tell you, I bet Vanessa Kirby will get nominated for supporting actress. Oh, our girl V Curbs. How was she? Oh, she's great. She plays Josephine, love of his life, and they do a lot of voiceover as they write their letters back and forth. And she's great. It's great. Does it go like to Quill and then it's like a soft uh, <laughs> no, no, transition it's a... to her looking out a window? No, just no. voiceover. Just voiceover. Uh, okay. Uh, any critiques? And I know, I guess critiques is a, I feel like you have like a weird thing. You're in a Napoleon kick right now. So I feel like you're a little, you know, there's a little of a bias going on right now. I mean, I would say I do wish that they talked a little bit more about his rule, his, no. <laughs> A little more about his ruling of France and sort of the Napoleonic code and like some of the domestic accomplishments he had that that changed Europe and the world. They don't really touch on any of that stuff. Again, they're, they're, I mean, you're trying to cover an immense life in two and a half hours. So, and the giant battles are obviously going to be the highlights. So they, there's some stuff they kind of missed on. And as far as the balance between you know, making him look like a buffoon versus making him look like a skilled leader. I would have liked to see a little more, especially like when you look at the trailers, I went back and rewatched the trailers because I don't watch them ahead of time, but I watched them after. Uh, And the trailers make the movie seem much more like serious and badass than it actually is. Yeah, totally had like badass conqueror vibes for sure. Yeah, no, the movie plays it much more like he's kind of an oaf at times and they play it for laughs a lot more. And... Again, it's scene to scene, so they like they cover both sides of him. It's a complex portrayal. I kind of wanted more of a badass take on it, just because I think some of that, some of the way it was shot, some of the stuff was badass. So I wish that was the more of the more of the tone was set like that. If I, if I was making the movie, like I kind of want like the Nolan Oppenheimer version of this, if I could get it. But again, the way they chose to do it is is definitely a, an interesting and entertaining choice regardless. Did they dive into the fact or why they cut off his penis after he died? Just for laughs, I'd bet. No, and that wasn't <laughs> part of the biography either, so I have no what? idea what you're talking about. Oh, I'm going to send you some, uh, some reading. Yeah, apparently, after he died, the guy who did the autopsy snipped his pecker. Snipped? No one can wow. find Napoleon's dick. <laughs> wow. So, Did not know that. This could be, this could be, this could be, we should write our version of National Treasure and it should be National Treasure. <laughs> I'm going to steal Napoleon's guy. I actually think we do know where it is. I think you really like that one. Quick Google search. It's really is. Uh, where? Top result, Wikipedia, so grain of salt. Napoleon's penis was allegedly amputated during an autopsy shortly after Napoleon's death in 1821. Since since then, it has passed through several owners, including A.S.W. Rosenbach, who exhibited it in New York City in 1927. And here's a picture. But where where is it now? So so two weeks from now, when I have another surprise for you. (laughs) It's going to be Napoleon's. (laughs) Bill. Way to just bring that full circle. <laughs> All right, uh, boys, let's go to our last segment, Netflix and Bill. Uh, what are we watching on the old boob tube? Uh, so this could this merits potentially its own should I go see it segment, but uh, you and I both watched David Fincher's latest film, The Killer, which... Yeah, I don't know why you didn't well, list as a uh, keynote speaker. I was speaker. trying to keep, to keep the... the Episode to get from getting unruly in length, and also it was it is a Netflix original, so it uh, we decided to put it in the Netflix and Bill section. But anyway, it's a hitman movie. Michael Fassbender uh, plays the lead. It's by Fincher, who's one of the best directors ever. It's basically to me, it feels like the hitman video game adaptation that we never got, like come to fruition. Yeah. Okay. And I, I loved it. I personally loved it. I had someone call me out on Instagram. They thought it was like super slow and nothing happens. I personally thought it was great. I mean, it takes you inside of the mind of a hitman and then the job goes sideways and he's got to figure out what to do next. And, and I, I loved it. I was like wrapped up in it. Like my heart was racing at times. I really, really enjoyed it. I wish I could have seen it in theaters. Yeah, it was really well done. Uh, it is, it is quintessential Fincher. Uh, it's like if, you know, if the social network was about a hitman. Yeah. 
It's basically and in what the, it is. And there is a jaw-dropping action scene in the middle that's just an all-timer. I was sure. not ready for that, and it happened, and I texted you. I paused it. I texted you afterwards, <laughs> and I was like, that fight scene in Florida? And you were like, I know. And I was like, yeah. holy fuck. shit. All-timer. Like, gruesome as fuck. Um, and not to mention, kind of a spoiler, a little bit of a spoiler, but I need to talk about it. His accuracy on throwing a Molotov cocktail 40 yards is like a Jalen Hurts throw through like the doggy door. And then <laughs> Yeah, that that was uh that was something just, else. That just was something a bomb else. down the field. But um yeah, if it's a little it's a little gruesome at times, but and it is more of a talkie than an action movie, but true. Every true. aspect from the way it was shot, the way it was lit, the way Fastbender does his thing and then there's the quirky things like the whole soundtrack is basically the Smiths he listens this guy right, listens right, to the right. Smiths to calm down which is just fucking wild um just good just good film loved it it's good i loved it uh for other tv uh so loki which i railed about last episode it did have its finale and i will say it, the finale was better than the rest of the season. So I'll give it some credit. The entire season, I still think is nonsense, uh, but they did direct the hell out of that final episode. And so kudos to them. But what I will say is that that season two, did you finish Loki, AJ? No, yeah. I cut the cord. The finale basically could have been episode seven of season one. And you could have just finished it then. Because season one ends with them dealing with the one who remains, the man, whatever this, the phrase is. Yep. And this episode starts there as well. So like this episode is the only one that really matters. So they still could have, I think, tacked this on to the end of season one and done Loki all in one season. And I think it would have been a better, better way to do it. But again, I'll give some credit. The last episode was pretty good. The ending was pretty good. I still was miserable watching the season, but I'll say that. Mm, one in Rome. Okay. Uh, and then I'm also, I watched uh, season one of Gen V, which I started watching almost under duress because I had heard that it's going to connect and set up the next season of The Boys. And so I felt like this obligation, like, oh, crap, do I have to watch this before The Boys? So I jumped into it and I was pleasantly surprised. Glad I did it. Uh, did not feel any remorse for jumping into it. Highly recommend, in fact. I thought it was very, very good. Yeah, friend of the show, John Wilson, had kept texting me on and on who was like, you need to, you need to watch this. You need to watch it. It's so good. And I was like, it's like, what, why? Like what, you know? And then I kept on seeing things online. And then you said you watched it. And I think I might have to jump into it before the next season of the boys. I would. And I think it's only eight episodes if I remember oh, correctly. Bad. Like, and you get, you get sucked in and it moves, it moves fast. And uh, yeah, it's great. And then a couple other shows. <clears throat> I started a murder at the end of the world on Hulu. Um, I'll, I might finish it. I'll watch the newest one to see where the mystery goes, but like, I didn't love it. Looking for more inspiration. Yeah. I don't know. I was really excited about the idea of it when, when that, when the ads came out, but it's just not really grabbing me. Okay. But I think it's only four episodes total and I've already watched the first two. So you're in it. I'll probably finish it. Yep. And then Scott Pilgrim takes off new Netflix animated show. Um, I got halfway through it and stopped and I think I'm good. Uh, I love Scott Pilgrim, the 2010 film by Edgar Wright. It's one of my favorite movies. It's like one of those movies you have memorized, seen a million times. Absolutely love it. Love, love, love. But when I've tried to read Scott Pilgrim or watch this animated show, neither of them do much for me. Like, I feel like I got everything I needed out of Scott Pilgrim mm. just in that movie. And like, I'm good. Interesting. So I'm, I don't know that I'll bother finishing that one either. Okay. What about you, TV? Uh, I've just been watching trash TV. We finished, uh, the season finale of the morning show garbage. Uh, we started the new season of ink master, like trash, just TV. You watch at night when like your brain hurts. It's fine. Gotcha. Um, but I have a, a very special holiday activity for the three of us and our listeners at home. So love it. It's Hallmark season. It's Christmas season. We're in it, baby. Here's what we're going to do. There is like 4,500 Hallmark movies this season. <laughs> we are each going to pick a Hallmark movie. We're going to watch it, and either on the next episode or the the second 
the, the episode that airs right before Christmas, we will be doing a book report on that Hallmark film. We will tell them right now to the audience, uh, viewers at home and listeners at home, if you would like to watch one of these films. Watch along. So you, you can watch along, and we're going to talk about it. Um, I think it's going to be a fun little activity for the three of us. I, for one, don't think I've seen a Hallmark movie ever. So this You are be... in for a treat, my friend. <laughs> Interesting. I understand the the memes about it and like the stereotypical nature of them, but I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched one. So well, this will be something. We're doing it live. All right, Craig, uh, I'm going to let you go first on which film you will be watching. Yeah, well, a few weeks ago, AJ sent us the, the full list of this year's roster of Hallmark Christmas movies, uh, and I have selected a movie with a great title called Checking It Twice. Ooh. This movie is, uh, here's the description from YouTube TV, where I have DVR'd it, uh, sparks fly between a hockey player and a real estate agent after he moves into a cottage in her family's backyard. Checking It Twice. Uh, you guys know me. I like sports. I like hockey. Uh, you know, so this one just this one just leaped off the page for me. Frankly, I'm excited. God, I love nice. that. Got it queued up in the YouTube TV. Uh, you know, memory hole. What do we call it? It's not a DVR. <laughs> what do, uh, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> Same idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Checking it On twice. Base. Okay. Bill. Uh, well, I see this is listed as a possible for you, but I think I'm taking Christmas in Notting Hill, if that's uh, if I mean, that's right. I, I, me and my wife watch all of them, so that's fine. Go for it. Okay, so Christmas in Notting Hill, also sports guy. Uh, famous soccer star Graham Savoy has always been too busy for love, but when he comes home to Notting Hill for Christmas, he changes his mind after meeting Georgia, a visiting American, and the one person who has no idea who he is. Oh. Yeah! Love that. I'm excited for that because I like the idea of the American, the fish out of water, as well as the 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 not knowing his famousness. I think, I mean, I presume it'll be a, a fun time. Love that. Um, I mean, I've already watched probably seven so far, but uh, for this one, <laughs> I will be watching Holiday Road. Nine strangers stranded at an airport during the holidays unite for a Christmas road trip to Denver. Uh, misadventures lead to unexpected bonds and heartfelt connections uh, this Saturday on the Hallmark Channel. Sounds phenomenal. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, planes, transit, automobile situation. I think that's what it is, boys. It might be better than John Candy's uh, masterpiece itself. All right, boys. And uh, if you ever, if any of you listening out there want to jump on to any one of these three, like AJ said, feel free to watch along. Uh, you can also check out The Christmas Train, which is the Hallmark movie of record, <laughs> the canonical yeah. Sigsy Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, do it Good point. Uh, on acid, if it's, you want. It's, if you have an Apple TV or Roku, you can search uh, Christmas Train. I know Craig bought it for $9.99, but... I, I did pay full <laughs> price. Yep, full it's price It's streaming on, like, everything now for free. Like, it's it's under the free movies on, like, everything I went to. So, yeah, if you want to watch Christmas Train, watch it. Slide to the DMs. Let us know what you think. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have a very Hallmark Christmas, boys. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Don't get too full. Happy Thanksgiving uh, out there. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to uh, our audience out there. Thank you for listening. Uh, please make sure to uh, tell your friends. Follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It. 